Hey there, everybody. Dave here. And before we get into this episode about Shovel Knight, I want to thank a few lovely people like Chris Nelson, the Top 3 Podcast Crew, Zul Geek, Colby Moyer, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Jill, Kieran, and new patrons Charlie Young and Soccer Chick. Thank you very much for your support. I appreciate it very much. You, listener, can be just like them if you head to patreon.com slash realdavejackson. You will have my eternal gratitude and some very cool treats. All right, on to the show. Hey everybody, my name is Dave Jackson and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog, a video games podcast where each week I am joined by a guest to talk about a game we played. My guest today is a friend of the show, co-host, host, co-host, there are many hosts of the Big Drink Energy podcast and uh, let's say gardening enthusiast, Mike Mesa, <laughs> or as you may know him, Mikey Tabletop. Welcome to the show, Mikey. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to, to be here, and I love that introduction. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I, you have heard this a million times, but you have the greatest podcast name in podcast land, 100% Big Drink Energy. I love it. Uh, we decided to peek at the name, great name, podcast, <laughs> so-so. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to get anything right, you might as well name it something fun, right? Mm-hmm. But. We'll talk about BDE a little bit later. Um, Today, Mikey and I are going to be talking about Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope, which is a side-scrolling action platformer developed and published by Yacht Club Games for PC, Wii U, and 3DS in 2014, with uh, many, many ports to every modern system known to man after that. And um, note, I did say we're talking about Shovel of Hope Mm -hmm. today, which is the main Shovel Knight campaign, the original one. Uh, we are not going to be talking about the other ones with uh, Plague Knight and all of them. We the uh, There are a couple I might go back to later, but um, yeah, anyway, only Shovel Knight's campaign, Shovel of Hope today. So, Mikey. Yes. If we were in an elevator with yes. some um, potential investors and you're going to pitch Shovel Knight to them, okay. I don't know why we're trying to sell Shovel Knight, <laughs> someone else's property, to these investors, but... <laughs> If you were going to try to elevator pitch someone on Shovel Knight, what would you say? Um, so I, I gave it some thought, and, and what I had was a wonderful retro-inspired platformer that pays tribute to the classics without feeling like a copycat. This indie game has cemented itself in modern-day canon. Absolutely, yeah. I wrote down that this is a love letter to platformers from the 8-bit generation with all of the modern comforts and quality of life to cut out the frustrations of the mm-hmm. 8-bit generation. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, spoiler policy for this episode, this is a regular Tales from the Backlog episode with a spoiler section at the end. We're going to go non-spoiler until then. Uh, however, Shovel Knight doesn't have a super spoilable story. There are some cool moments at the end. We're going to save those for the spoiler section. But this is like not at all a game that's going to be ruined for you if you like read the ending on twitter or something like that that's not really what this game's about uh but there are some cool moments we'll save mm-hmm. those we'll talk about our favorite bosses and stuff kind of more shop talk i guess in the uh spoiler section yeah, so nice. 
Yeah, before we get into talking about Shovel Knight, uh, Mikey, you're the host of Big Drink Energy, uh, mm-hmm. among other podcast projects that I've heard you talk about that sound really cool. <laughs> so I know that Big Drink Energy is on a bit of a hiatus right now. Mm-hmm. People can obviously still go back and listen to it. So what is Big Drink Energy and what are the other things you've got maybe coming in the pipeline? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Big Drink Energy, um, my co-host Alex describes it as hot ones, both energy drinks. Uh, even <laughs> if uh, it started off li- just as a straightforward energy drink review podcast because it uh-huh. started at our truck driving company and all of the drivers were always drinking energy drinks because we're on the road 14 hours a day. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of transitioned from that to be, okay, we have an energy drink and then we just banter and we use that as like a vessel for conversation for the next hour. Yeah. Um, like I think a good example of this new spin on BDE, we had Ryan from Listoff come mm-hmm. on and it's one of our longest episodes and uh, we only talked about energy drinks for literally seven minutes and the other 90 <laughs> minutes was us talking about Elden Ring and farmer's markets and like his son stealing things just like it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it I, I don't want to make his son sound like a criminal it's a very cute story but um, yeah kids yeah. steal things it happens yeah. um, <laughs> but but it's mostly just just like we use that as a conversation starter and then depending where it goes just like that that's where the that's where the episode uh yeah. goes along and obviously that's not a very welcoming topic it started off just like literally as like an office gag just like it was co-workers doing it but mm-hmm. it's difficult to get people to listen to that it's difficult to get guests to come on because not everybody's like really into energy drinks mm-hmm. uh so over the last few months we've been ex- uh experimenting with a couple like one-off or like maybe two episode podcasts try something new see if anything sticks and then maybe in the future we'll have more of those um, but we have a comic book podcast where we interview uh, people like in the indie comic sphere. We have a fighting game podcast where we review like uh, it's been almost exclusively PS1 era fighting games. Like uh, me and my guest will will actually play. We'll fight each other and then like review it like after we fight each other. So that's a fun mm-hmm. one. And then, um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much everything. We We have one single episode reviewing the Mighty Ducks cartoon. It's legitimately the wildest 90s cartoon you will ever see <laughs> i don't understand how anyone thought it was a good idea and it's mind-boggling how 90s it is uh so so that that, that that's fun if it's on disney plus go watch the mighty ducks cartoon and then listen to okay. my one episode podcast on it right on yeah uh i i remember listening to that episode with ryan on big drink energy when mm-hmm. i was i was flying on the plane from korea to I believe it was when I was flying to the United States, uh, like moving back here. Mm-hmm. And that kept me company for a good uh, long while on the plane. So I appreciated that a lot. And you are like a podcast idea man. You've always got cool new ideas for new podcasts. So I'm sure that you're going to have something cool uh, coming out regardless. Um, I was listening to like, I think it was when you were on Unlockables and you were talking mm-hmm. about that idea for like uh, a greatest hits it's podcast music about podcast, music. Yeah. yeah. That one sounded really cool to me too. Um, I- I'm going to go ahead. So I-, I dropped an exclusive on that one where I announced that it was like I had plans for it. I'm going to drop another exclusive here Ooh, okay. where we have, um, uh, I don't want, I don't want to say who yet because c- I want to like finalize everything. But after uh-huh. that episode, I had a podcast DM me and they were like, yo, Music podcast, I want in on it. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a done deal now. I've been going back and forth with the two of them. We have a band, um, and and I've been listening. I've been bidging this artist discography, and I'm gonna hit him up like in the next week or two. So hopefully that comes out 
maybe by the end of 2022, if not like January, because, you know, like the holidays are coming up. So so who knows? Yeah. But it, it, it's going to be out maybe around the time this episode comes out, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, right on. That is exactly how my schedule works. And yeah, man, <laughs> if you uh, if you got a band or you want me to come up with a band, I'm happy to come on and talk greatest hits. Uh, that, I love that idea for a show, kind of shaping what a greatest hits album for a, a particular artist would look mm-hmm. like. Uh, my whole philosophy is never say no. So you you tell me what artist you like, and I'll, I'm I'm doing it. Like the okay. the band we're doing now, I've literally never heard of before. But I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. They're on Spotify. I'll listen to it. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm in a truck 14 hours a day with headphones in. I'm doing literally nothing but listening to music and podcasts. Yeah, exactly. I'm game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So um, I will put links to Big Drink Energy and uh, the other like stuff that you're doing, like comic book stuff. That's on the Big Drink Energy feed, right? Yes. It's it's all on yeah. the it, it it's. It is confusing, but it's less confusing than having to go to multiple feeds. So it, yeah. uh, everything's just on, on on the one page. Right on. So everyone can look down in the show notes and uh, go find something that interests you. I'm sure that Mikey's got something for you. Uh, we're going to get into talking about Shovel Knight. And we always begin by talking about our histories with Shovel Knight. Um, what made you want to play this? But I also don't feel like we can talk about this game without giving a little bit of history with the games that inspired Shovel Knight, because this is a game that's trying to tap into your nostalgia a little bit. So, uh, Mikey, what is your history with these kind of 8-bit NES platformers? And then what made you want to play Shovel Knight? So for a long while, I would say like platformers were my favorite genre. Um, Mm -hmm. Growing up, Sonic the Hedgehog was like my favorite game. I had like a massive Sonic collection. So I grew up playing that. And along with that, in the... uh, it was like some sort of Sega collection was another platformer called Kid Chameleon. And like, that's, that's similar to Shovel Knight, where just like, it's a platformer and you get different abilities, but you get a helmet and like, it transforms you and like, you get the special ability based on like, what outfit you have on. Oh, right. Um, Chameleon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, exactly. Yeah. And um, so, so like, I was mostly a Sega kid growing up, but I also loved the, the Mario games. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Like my, my dad ha- had, had like an NES and one of the only games he still had for it was the Duck Hunt slash like Super Mario three, I think it was. So so uh, I I would play Super Mario three a bunch, but uh, I know Mega Man was a big inspiration for this. And like yeah, I after playing Shovel Knight, I tried to go get into Mega Man. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it's it's so hard. I'm so bad it at is. it. I just like it's really <laughs> I hard. Do You're it. not alone, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole episode of the show in the uh, in the summertime where I was just like. It was about Mega Man X, and I was like, "This game's this this is really fucking hard." I didn't have a lot of fun, <laughs> and uh, so I get it. I definitely get it. Um, so, when did you play first play Shovel Knight? Was it when it first came out, or a little bit later? L- little bit later. I think I think it came out 2014, and I think I ended up playing it 2015 because like it was mm-hmm. on my radar, and then it won a whole bunch of like game of the year awards or like indie game of the year award or whatever i'm like okay mm-hmm. so then i want to say i picked that up in like january of 2015 after like that that award season like it was put like higher on my radar yeah yeah makes sense um for me i didn't have an nes growing up i actually didn't have a console until n64 and i had a couple of like because i had a game gear so i had a couple of hmm, like okay. action platformers there was a batman game that i had I didn't get very far because it was really dark and I couldn't see where I was supposed to jump in the first level. So I never got very far. 
But I also never played Mega Man as a kid. I never played um, a lot of the other inspirations for this game, like Zelda 2 and DuckTales and the NES Castlevania games. I never played any of those. Um, so I don't have a lot of nostalgia for this, you know, style of game, I guess. And like you, it's mostly my experience of like, I love video games, obviously. And mm-hmm. like, uh, so I, I sometimes I'm like, I want to check out Zelda two. It's on that switch, uh, online service. Mm-hmm. I can go play it right now. And so I picked it up, did not like it at all, nope. uh, which is, you know, not a super uncommon opinion, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't like that. I played Mega Man X. I thought it was really hard. I didn't have a great time playing it. Um, I've tried some of the Super Nintendo Castlevania games. Didn't like those. I just, I have a lot of frustrations with older games like that. I'll get into why Shovel Knight um, overcame those. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of like when Shovel Knight came out, I wasn't paying attention to indie games that much. And this was right on the cusp of when I was getting ready to move to Korea and I wasn't playing a whole lot of games in general. Um, I had a Wii U, so I could have played it. I just didn't hear about it. Uh, and I definitely wasn't following. This is like a Kickstarter game, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't following games Kickstarters. So it wasn't until I got a Switch in like 2018 or so. And I started reading. I've, I've said this so many times, but like I picked up these consoles after a long break of not playing games and just Googled like top 10 Switch games and Shovel Knight's on there. So I was like, okay, nice. cool. People say that's good. I'll try that. It looks cool. <laughs> uh, so I picked it up. And uh, since then, I've played it 2.9 times, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, actually, I was saying on the plane from Korea to the US uh, this past summer, when I was moving, I was fiddling around on my Switch. I was like, I usually play games on flights. And I just like wasn't, I opened up a few things, wasn't into it. And I opened up Shovel Knight and just played it straight through on for oh, like wow. a second playthrough on the plane. It's a, uh, it's like a 13 hour plane ride. So I had tons of time. Yeah. Um, so, um, this game takes about five hours to play through five, six hours for a whole campaign, probably more if you want to like 100% everything, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot more. Has that been your experience too? Um, I, I was trying to figure out, I saw that it said five hours and I'm trying to figure out if it's because I'm a collector and I like taking all the secret paths or if I just suck at the game. Um, <laughs> but so I also I, I beat it two times prior to replaying it for this podcast. Yeah. And this time I got about three quarters of the way through. And at this point, I'm already I think I'm at four and a half hours. So it mm-hmm. probably would have taken me like six to seven hours to finish it. But I'm also like I. I like when there's a platformer like this, I like to explore. If I see like, oh, there's a breakable wall, I'll go follow that path, get as many yeah. gold coins or crystals as I can. I, I, I'm a big collector. So it's like I was taking my time and going through everything. I'm sure if I just try to go from point A to point B, I could probably do it in five hours. But yeah, yeah, I'm at four and a half now and I'm not quite finished yet. Yeah. Point being, it's it's not a really long game. Um, it's pretty short as, you know, most NES platformers were too. Um, so really, you know, a, a little bite-sized game. Um, and getting into some opening thoughts here, I, I just talked about how much uh, I get frustrated when I'm playing actual games on the NES. Um, I I was thinking, and like, other than Mario, I can't think of an NES game that I like. 
<laughs> if you gave me a list of like the 20 best NES games, I would bet you that I've tried at least 10 of them and didn't like them except for the Mario games. So this is not a thing that I have nostalgia for, mm -hmm. but I love Shovel Knight. It is <laughs> such a nice love letter to those games while just cutting out every single thing that makes me hate those games. Yeah. It is such a friendly version of this. And I think that for people who have nostalgia for it, it probably hits that really awesome Goldilocks zone of like being modern. Mm -hmm. It does things that NES games could not do, but it's what you think NES games are in your head when yeah, you're thinking exactly. about your memories playing them. It's it's really, really good. Like if you if you go back and play Mario if, if okay, maybe not Mario, if you go back and play a different platformer for the NES, I guarantee you it's going to be worse than you think it is right now. But Shuffle Knight doesn't have that. Shuffle Knight is still really good. <laughs> Yeah, there's a uh, kind of rose-colored memory with video games from mm -hmm. your childhood, I, I guess. Um, and a lot of the people that listen to this show, people that I talk about games with, we're all relatively similar age. So maybe um, I have rose-colored memories of playing N64 games and original Game Boy games. When I go back and play some of those games, it's, it's you're right. It's like, whoa, this is... <laughs> this is rough sometimes or this is super old this is super outdated and um shovel knight does a really good job i think of playing like you remember those games being yeah exactly yeah i think that's a really uh, that's a really good way of putting it because it takes everything that made the platformers enjoyable 20 30 years ago or when you were a kid but just applies that to a modern game so just like yeah. it, it has the same vibe it's just slightly better so we are going to take a little music break. When we come back, we're going to dig into Shovel Knight. That was a completely unintentional pun there. I did not mean to say that. <laughs> there we go. So in Shovel Knight, we're going to set up the story here. You play as Shovel Knight, a knight in blue armor, and has a shovel for a weapon. Um, and I have watched some documentaries and read about like the development history for Shovel Knight. The developers picked a shovel because they wanted to have a gameplay thing where you scoop enemies onto their back and then jump on them. That was what they huh. wanted it to be. They're trying to think of like what weapon could we use? And the only thing they could think of was a shovel. So that's why he carries a shovel. They also wanted to make a recognizable character. Um, and this is in Jason Schreier's book uh, called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is a good read if you want to read about the history of um, Shovel Knight's development and lots of other games in that book. Uh, so they wanted to make a recognizable uh, character, bright blue armor, shovel for a weapon, horns on his head. Um, I'd say they succeeded. I think Shovel Knight has become a really iconic character in video yeah, games. Yeah, very much so. I was about to say he's one of only three amiibo that I own, 
Ooh, because there it is. Yeah. because I, I love the design so much. It just like he's very standout, but like the shovel not only like it fits him, but like the whole gameplay is like designed around it. It's like a like yeah. the, the shovel's great. It's like like even just the horns. Like um, I, I think there's a little shovel knight logo on the base of the amiibo. Just the T in his helmet and the horns. Like yeah, it's an quote unquote indie game. Instantly recognizable to anybody who knows video games. You know. Yep. This was a, this is an indie project. I think there were maybe a handful of people that worked on this game, but they were seasoned like game development professionals who left AAA and made this game together. So prior to the game's beginning, uh, this is the story setup: Shovel Knight and his partner Shield Knight, uh, who is a a woman, a woman knight, a lady knight, um, journeyed across this world alongside each other as partners. And um, while they're exploring this place called the Tower of Fate, an amulet curses Shield Knight and leaves Shovel Knight stranded outside of the sealed tower. Uh, so grieving for his friend, um, kind of unclear whether they are romantic or whether they're just like great friends. Um, they don't really say in the game, it doesn't really matter. They have a bond. Yeah. Um, so grieving for Shield Knight, Shovel Knight gives up adventuring and goes into exile. Uh, during the time that Shovel Knight is in exile, a powerful being known as the Enchantress rises to power, spreading evil across the land. This is a great little fantasy setup. I like yeah. this a lot. Um, Shovel Knight hears that the Enchantress has unsealed the Tower of Fate and so begins his journey back to it, hoping to find and rescue Shield Knight. And along the way, Shovel Knight must fight the members of the Order of No Quarter, which is a great name for the group of knights that the uh, that serve the Enchantress. So that is the story setup, and then you get little bits of story when you talk to the bosses, mm-hmm. but that that's it. There's not a whole lot else as far as story goes uh, in this game. It's back to that kind of action platforming, really light. Yeah, uh, I'd say more so than like, text-based story a lot of the levels just like they're, they're really well designed you can just like i'd say the environment just tells the story just like e- yeah like i'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit but each level is like a different a, a different uh, order of no quarter at night and they all have like a gimmick they have a gag just like one's really into water one's just like really into magic and everything's really unique and it's like really cool like visual storytelling like you can go through their lab or their submarine and like just yep. look at everything and, and you get okay i know what's going on here Mm-hmm. And so when you talk to these order of no quarter knights, you'll have a little dialogue exchange beforehand. They all know each other. They know Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight knows them. They have a little dialogue. It's really short, but you're right. You get a lot of character flavor from the levels that they're in. You get character flavor from the moves they use as bosses, and you get flavor from that little um, that little dialogue. I also think it's funny that they're all just uh, blank knight. Yeah. Uh, for their names. So you have kind of, you know, Polar Knight and you have uh, Shield Knight, Shovel Knight, you have Plague Knight. Then there's some that are just weird, like King Knight doesn't make any King sense King Knight's at all. my favorite. Um, and then uh, you have Specter Knight, Tinker Knight. There are a lot of uh, a lot of fun ones. So th- these are cool. I like them. And you're right. Like they, they do a good job of um, characterizing everybody really well without having long drawn out conversations when you face off against them. Yeah. But, um, I think, I think King Knight's my favorite just because I don't think this is spoiler. He's not actually a King. He's just a Knight who thinks he's a King. He just has a crown on. Yeah. Yeah. He just, and like, it's just like his knight helmet and he just goes around and, and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out 
did he name himself King Knight because he wants to be a king? Or was that like the suit of armor he got? He goes, I guess I'm a king now. I just like, yeah. and he's definitely my favorite of them. He's like the funniest. He has like a <laughs> very unique, like pompous attitude to him. It's like, I found a crown somewhere. I, that makes me king. Kings have crowns. This is, this is simple math. Um, yeah, those are good. Uh, also a little bit of storytelling in, um, in between levels. After you beat a level, you get a little scene of Shovel Knight at the campfire, um, hanging out, falling asleep, and then having a dream. And these dreams are, uh, Shield Knight falling from the sky. And you just get a little text that says, catch her. And you move Shovel Knight around, you try and catch Shield Knight. But the way I'm describing it to you sounds very simple, but I think that these scenes really, really evoke how like guilty and bad mm-hmm. Shovel Knight feels that he fucked up and like couldn't save her. It's really, it's like surprisingly really good. No, it, it, it's it, it's one of the notes I have. It just, I, all I have is dream sequence cool because I was going to expand upon it, but just like, yeah. it, it, it really is. And just like, even the transition of sitting at the campfire, like in the middle of the woods, to switching to this dreamlike realm that he's in, and then everything's like in slow motion because it's groggy because it's dreaming. Just like these levels, at most, are like eight seconds, maybe ten seconds. They're very tiny. They're like interludes. But like I think they, like it's a really good job, like in those ten seconds of of conveying, like, his, like his inner thoughts of I couldn't save her last time. I have yeah. to save her this time. And mm-hmm. as he progresses through these levels, um, and he meets more and more of like the minions, just like the, the regular, like the bad guys that he comes across in the stage, they come into the dream sequence as well. And like, he just feels like guiltier and guiltier. And, and that's how I took it that more and more bad guys are like, it just, the bad emotions just keep piling on as he goes on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, they're, they're very short the way I describe them with simple words, they sound like nothing, but, um, they, they carry a lot of, uh, of weight in the story. And for a game that story takes a very obvious backseat to gameplay and music, which we'll talk about, um, the story in here is surprisingly memorable. And there are some cool things that happen in the story, which I won't spoil. And we'll save that for later. But yeah, uh, so getting into gameplay, let's listen to a little bit more of that music. This game has like the best fucking music, so I'm going to cut in as much music as I can. So let's listen. We'll come back and talk about gameplay. So, in Shovel Knight, you pick your level from an overworld map, similar to like a Mario game or something like that. Um, it's kind of open. There will be like blocks. You'll you know you'll have like a choice of maybe two or three levels that you can go play. You can do them in any order, but then after you do them, you can move on to the next section of the map and stuff like that. Um, and when you get into a level, this is an action platformer, with both of them being very important. So you have two main moves, and I think this is part of Shovel Knight's genius and a callback to games of this era. Shovel Knight has two moves. You can swipe with your shovel, and then you can do a downward thrust. 
and that's that's you get I mean you get items that you can use but that's one button press as well it's really not a complicated control scheme and I'm not going to be the first person to say this but they do just an incredible job in the first level of teaching you how to play this game it is so good so as soon as the game started, I opened up the options menu to see what button di- did what to see if I need to like map it or ch- that's always the first thing I do to see if the, the buttons fit. And you yeah. open it up and it comes up with the picture of a non copyright infringing NES controller. And it's up, uh-huh. down, left, right, and the two buttons and it tells you what they all do. And that's it. You can literally play with it with the NES controller if need be like that's what it's designed around. That's and, true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You actually just need the D pad and one button, I think. Uh, or two. No, you need one for shovel, one for jump. Yeah. 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 One for shovel, one for jump. Because for whatever the reason, the up button, oh, up button on the D pad uses magic. Right. Uses yeah. your uh, up and B, uses your magic items. Mm-hmm. But that's it. So um, on the, let's see, on the switch, you press B to jump and you press Y to use your shovel. And that's that's all you got. It's, uh, it's really good. Um, so uh, the downward thrust I talked about, we'll just talk about that for a second, um, inspired by Zelda 2, you know, Link's plunging attack, um, or as more people may know it from Super Smash Brothers, like me, um, and DuckTales uh, from the NES. So when you jump, if you press down on the D-pad while you're in the air, you'll uh, begin this pogo move. And it's really easy. And something that I think makes it really easy is that you just need to press down once. You don't need to hold it down. You don't need to do it again after you bounce off of something. Shovel Knight will continue to do this as long as you keep bouncing on things until you touch the ground or until you press the shovel attack button. And it that's really important because this is your main platforming move too. And the platforming in this game is hard. Uh, so it's really important to free up your brain to just focus on where you're bouncing. I did not know that. <laughs> the level I was playing today, I kept I kept dying in this one spot because I had to transition from like bouncing on on like bubbles on my shovel to breaking platforms to go through them to bouncing on like a fish, and I kept dying because it was too difficult for me to do everything like one after the other because mm-hmm. I kept I kept holding down down until I thought I needed it anymore. Oh, man, I'm such a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i mean the game doesn't tell you this it's um it's part of that tutorialization which i'll talk about in a second but uh let's just get this out of the way um you know i complained about a lot of those 8-bit games we talked about how hard Mega Man is um i think zelda 2 is super hard this game is also really really difficult yeah. it is a precision platformer um you need to bounce off of sometimes like 10, 15 things while going over a bottomless pit in some of the later levels. It's really hard. And um, the thing that I think makes it uh, bearable is that you only have to focus on where you're bouncing. You don't need to press any other buttons to keep bouncing and uh, the way that they tutorialize. So in the first level, this is a common point of praise, but I actually found this to be the case in every single level. Uh, They will start you out with the basics of whatever the um, like key mechanic of that level mm-hmm. will be. So I wrote down uh, Mole Knight's level, which is the lava level. In this level, you have a mechanic where you are uh, bouncing on green stuff and trying to stay out of lava. So 
first they teach you that green stuff is bouncy mm-hmm. on one screen. So you get through that screen. The next screen, they teach you that green slime balls uh, will drop into lava and now lava doesn't kill you. Now lava's bouncy. Mm-hmm. And it's an automatic thing. You just watch it happen. Then in the next room, they make you hit the slime ball with your shovel into the lava, just slowly teaching you this stuff, um, turning it into this. And then they increase the complexity of this one mechanic throughout maybe half of this level. And they do this all the time. The first level teaches you everything you need to know about the main shovel moves, but like everyone talks about that first level. They do this in every level. Mm Mm-hmm. It's excellent. It's like, it is like they, it's like they opened a textbook of like how to tutorialize your game without using words and just followed it to a T. It's like, it's one of the best games I've ever played as far as showing and not telling. I think the, for, for my gaming experience, I think the only game that might give it a run for its money and like, not like force feeding you how to play the game would be this and the first level of Portal. I think I think both of them do a Ooh, really yeah, good yeah. job of just explaining the mechanics through gameplay and like through working and reacting with the environment more so than a text box pops up of like, oh, to pull up your inventory, press Y. Just like it's very much organically, yeah. just it, it comes across that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to mention Half-Life 2 also. So yeah, Valve. Yeah, same it's, thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's Yacht Club and it's Valve. They mm-hmm. have solved tutorializing. <laughs> Everyone, like, please take note. This is like, this is the best. The other thing that I think makes this game like not as frustrating as it could have been because we're talking about how difficult it is, is there is a lot of quality of life um, over real NES games. So, I mean, like I said, I don't have childhood history playing these games so a lot of them i've picked up and tried to play for the first time in the last three or four years and i find a lot of those games to be sluggish and imprecise um, especially when it comes to uh, jumping and attacks and hitboxes and stuff like that all of that feels amazing in shovel knight in fact they when you're doing the pogos the hitbox for your shovel is actually much bigger than your actual shovel sprite um just to make it easy it's it's a very generous game um so that's really cool the other thing i really really appreciate is there are no lives in this game in the way that death is handled there's no game overs uh so mikey do you get frustrated when you play some of these old games that use the, the the continuation of arcade mechanics with lives and game overs and you know, yes. timers and stuff like that. One time I was at my friend's house and we were playing Son we were playing Sonic One or Sonic Three, like on like original Sega hardware. And it was like four of us, and we were just like passing and playing. So either one of us died or we beat the level and we passed it. And we were gonna try and beat the game in one sitting. And we made it to like the second to last level and we ran out of lives and there was no more continues like like we were at. So we just had to go back to square one. And like we played it for <laughs> hours and we just said, fuck it, we're done. We're not we're not redoing this. Yeah. Um, Fuck that. But, yeah, yeah. We, we spent four hours doing this. So we're not going to spend another four hours doing the same game. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but they didn't. Uh, uh, they didn't have that in Shovel Knight. And the the way it's done in Shovel Knight, it's all tied to the money that you have. It's like the yeah. jewels or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm sure someone's smarter than me. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and, and say Rick from Pixel Project Radio. I'm sure he would have some insightful commentary 
about how like the confines of capitalism, like rule your life and everything's tied around money. And I'm sure there's a deeper meaning to it. But really, I just think it's like fun because similar to like the rings in Sonic, you can just find the jewels and the crystals all over the place. So you're essentially mm-hmm. like, no matter how many times I've played it, I've never run out of money and died at like zero coins in my pocket. I've yeah. never gotten a game over screen because even like they do a really good job of even if there's no monsters here, you just go to a new screen. Oh, there's a patch of dirt, boop, five coins. And then that that's all you need to, to keep going. And when you die and you lose money, you can go back and recollect that money to like, so you're not actually like losing all that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah, people uh, people give me shit sometimes for bringing up Dark Souls where it is not supposed to be brought up. But the developers said that this is a direct takeaway from playing Dark Souls. Really? Yeah, how when you die, you lose your currency. But if you go back to the place where you died, you can get it back. And that's huh. how it works in Shovel Knight too. Except the difference between this and Dark Souls, it's not all your money. It's like a percentage. If I were to guess, mm-hmm. it's like, 15 to 20%. Like it is, it is not punitive at all. Yeah. So you can go back and get your money and it's, it's just so nice to play a game like this. That's really difficult and just not have to worry about lives and game overs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same with the messenger, which is another game I talked about on this show. Same kind of thing. Like that one is more directly trying to be a uh, spiritual successor to Ninja Gaiden this is taking stuff from all kinds of different games, um, but I'm so glad that they went with this. The other thing about the money is that it's tied into um, your checkpoints. Mm-hmm. So kind of the goal of this game is obviously to get to the end of the levels, beat the boss, and then beat the game. But while you're doing it, you're trying to collect as much treasure as you can. Uh, so shout out to Rick, hyper-capitalist mentality in this game. <laughs> um, collect all the treasure you can. You'll lose some treasure when you die, but you can go back and pick it up. The other thing about the treasure is that when you get to a checkpoint in Shovel Knight, you can break the checkpoint and get a big payday from it. Mm -hmm. However, if you die, that checkpoint's gone. You will respawn before that checkpoint, you know, at the previous one. Or if if you're breaking all of them, you'll respawn at the beginning of the level. And these levels are long, they're difficult, and most of them have like four to six checkpoints in them. Mm-hmm. So if you're going through trying to get as much money as you can, speedrunners do this. They break all the checkpoints, but speedrunners are not real people. They play <laughs> they play games in a much different way than I do. Um shout out to speedrunners. You are a real person. Uh I just you're speaking a different language than me. I'll say that. Uh so um do you do this? Do you ever break these checkpoints? Uh I remember when I first played the game in 2015, I when I went through a couple levels doing it, and then I accidentally hit it because I was, like, fighting an enemy. I'm like, oh, I can break these. So then I broke that one and the next checkpoint before dying, and it sent me all the way back to the start of the stage. I'm like, shit, that, that that's what it does? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I immediately stopped doing that. But, like, so so I – a little bit of, of the backstory with, with, with uh, my history for the game. When yeah. it first came out – I'm going to go ahead and say this. I pirated the game. I didn't spend any money on it. I was a broke Mm -hmm. college kid. I downloaded it on my laptop. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much. I went out as soon as I beat it. I'm like, I love this game. And I bought it on the Wii U. And then 
when I played it the second time on the Wii U, it's when they did a couple like updates for it. And now they had like in-game challenges for it. And one of the challenges was to beat a level breaking all the checkpoints. Okay. Um, so I repeatedly tried to beat the first level with no checkpoints. And that's the only level I, I did that for. And, yeah. And I, I did that on the Wii U on my second playthrough, like a year or two after the game originally came out. Okay. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would say I've, like I said, I've beaten this game 2.9 times. I would not feel comfortable beating any level except the first one with no <laughs> checkpoints. This game's hard. <laughs> and yeah, I, by the way, shout out to another Wii U owner. I see you. Yeah. I had a Wii U also. Um, there are, there are dozens of us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't break these checkpoints either. This game's too hard and um, you get extra money for breaking the checkpoints, but you don't need extra money unless you are trying to buy all of the extra armor sets and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So this this is a nice little like bit of choice that the game gives you, like kind of creating your own difficulty, uh, risk reward. I kind of wish that money was a little bit more scarce. So you mm-hmm. would have more reason to break these checkpoints, but that's kind of like a half-hearted wish. This isn't like a super serious critique of the game. It's just like, I never felt the need to get extra money. I had more money than I could ever need. Yeah. Like like the 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 gameplay of the levels itself is can be hard and difficult and challenging sometimes, but there's enough leniency in the game that's not really much of an issue. Mm-hmm. So like I I think it's a fair balance but, but between the two but like like I said I've literally never run out of money I've never gotten a game over screen and I don't know if I would have enjoyed the game more if I was like oh no I have to beat it this time or I'm gonna like run out of my coins or or, uh, or whatever yeah yeah um one thing that I think is really good about this breaking checkpoint system is that you basically can't break them by accident. You need to hit them twice, I think, for them mm-hmm. to break. So if you're like fighting something or just not paying attention, dicking around, press the shovel button when you're not supposed to, you'll crack the checkpoint and you'll be like, oh shit, okay, don't hit that again. Um, really smart of them to not make them one hit breaks uh, and let mm-hmm. you accidentally do it. Yeah, and I think you also have to so the checkpoints are essentially they look like a lollipop. It's like it's like a glass ball on like a, on a stick. Yeah. You might have to jump up and, and hit the glass ball. I don't know. Like if you do a ground attack, it's like I don't know if you do a ground attack, it'll hit it. So like, there's no way you're accidentally going to ruin your checkpoint right. and like ruin your run of the game. So like, they're very like lenient on that as well. Yeah, they also don't have enemies spawning right next to checkpoints uh, for the most part. There's some places maybe where there's like a flying enemy that might wander over that way, but it's never like, you know, you're on a tiny platform with a checkpoint and three enemies. Uh, Never does that. This game is very nice. It's a very nice and generous game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So with that money, you uh, take it in between levels, you can take it to the town and you can buy upgrades. Um, you can buy, um, <laughs> to upgrade Shovel Knight's health, you buy a meal ticket and you get a giant like turkey dinner that upgrades your health. Um, and you can upgrade the amount of magic that Shovel Knight has too. Uh, the other thing you use money for is to buy these magic items. So if you've ever played Castlevania and you're thinking of holy water or um, axes or anything else that you press up and B to use, This game has those two. Um, So you 
find them by exploring in levels. You'll find a, a very um, recognizable chest with a merchant inside of the chest, which is funny. This game has a nice sense of humor uh, yeah. about it. Um, so you can buy the uh, item from that merchant. You find those by exploring. And if you miss it, another very nice quality of life thing is that guy's in the town. He'll sell you that upgrade after you beat the level. It's just a little bit more expensive. So again, such a generous game. I love it. Um, did you have did you have a favorite uh, re- relic or, or, or um, relic or item uh, that you bought? Oh yeah, I do. But I will. Uh, I'll let you say yours first. Uh, I don't want to take it. I have a feeling there's like one obvious best one, and then there's a personal preference after that. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think my favorite. I think it's the very first one you get. It's it's the magic wand. Um, I liked having Ooh. like like a long range weapon. Yes, uh, yes. Because with, with the shovel combat, everything got to get real close. And sometimes if you're swarmed with enemies, uh, there's a there's a bit of a recoil. So if I hit an enemy, I slide back a couple pixels. And if there's an enemy behind me, if there's like all over the place, I get hit with that. It's nice being able to shoot fire at them from a distance. Yes. And there are lots of levels where enemies are placed as platforming hazards more than enemies that you're supposed to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be a dude off it. You're supposed to pogo across a bottomless pit. And then there's a guy at the end shooting fireballs and you're supposed to navigate that. But if you use that magic wand, you can just shoot fireballs from your side, kill that thing, and then do the platforming. Right. So yeah, yeah super handy to have a ranged attack. My favorite is the, uh, the phase locket, which mm-hmm. just gives you like two or three seconds of invincibility. And so when I was replaying uh, this, getting ready for this podcast, when I, I got all the way to the last level and I was playing at work and I was like, I got to, this lunch break's running a little bit long. I got to get back to work. So I just watched <laughs> the uh, the last boss fight on, um, on YouTube. Um, I did a new game plus. So I had all of these already and I just kind of phase locketed my way oh, through okay. the game. It's really, really powerful. The only thing that it can't save you from is falling in a bottomless pit or lava. Everything else, though, the instant death spikes, all of those things, you can just walk on top of it for a couple seconds. Um, Boss fights are super easy if you have this. Not super easy. You still have to learn them, but much easier. So I use this a ton. One thing with the relics, it took me a couple levels to realize this. At one point, you get get a fishing rod. Yeah. And... And at the edge of one of the platforms, if you see a little, like, sparkle at the bottom, you can drop the fishing rod, and it'll give you an item. And I remember this, because I played the game before, so I'm dropping the fishing rod, and there's sparkles, and I'm waiting, and, like, it comes back up, and I don't get anything. It took me three levels to realize, once I drop it, exclamation points come up, I go, oh, I have to click A to reel it back up with the (laughs) item. And I I went a bunch of levels, I'm like, am I doing something wrong? I feel like there should be an item there, and I'm just missing it. (laughs) Like you get a fishing rod for an item, but it turns out that Shovel Knight's just the world's worst fisherman. <laughs> like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> so, so one thing that I thought was like really funny was um, I, you mentioned it earlier, but I think Shovel Knight has a very subtle sense of humor. It's a lot of like one-liners and gags that, that I think like really add to it. But mm. if you if you use the fishing rod somewhere where you, you don't have those sparkles, pretty much all of the items you pick up, one of them is gonna 
you a sword. But because you play with the shovel, you can't. It's not an item. You can't use it. Just like oh, just yeah. what am I going to do with the sword? And you just keep going <laughs> on. Trash. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I believe another thing you can do with the uh, the fishing rod is you can um, use that with the trowel pond. Um, I never did a bunch of fishing in this game, so I never did the trowel, which is a portmanteau of the word trout and apple, um, and it's a giant red apple colored fish uh, that you can talk to. Um, there's a whole quest line to like collect a bunch of stuff for that. I never did that stuff. Um, did you? Um, not this playthrough. I I, I did it ri- originally. And so there's this chalice that, that you can get. And then if you go fishing and one of the uh, troupel, like acolytes comes up, he'll, he'll, they'll fill up your chalice with either like invincibility for three seconds it'll refill your magic or refill your health like you get a bonus uh Mm. like if you run into them in the wild oh nice another thing i used the um fishing rod for i actually use it as a weapon if i was above an enemy on one of the platforms you can drop it and i remember specifically like the level i was on today i i want to say it was mole knight's level i was on a platform and it's like the sand or the dust squares that if you hit it, they fall apart. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of enemies there and I was up on top and I used the fishing rod and they all fell. So I didn't have to deal with it. I just nice. avoided those enemies entirely. I had no idea you could use the fishing <laughs> rod as a weapon. That's super cool. Uh, you have to be um, above them. So it's like very specific, like when and where it is. Um, yeah. But uh, like when it works out, it's funny. Like, oh, I use the fishing rod. Yeah. Cool. Um, there's a lot of other... Uh, relics too that you can use um there is one that is kind of like the spinner in twilight princess zelda twilight princess Mm -hmm. Uh, you can get on this kind of cart and go across spikes Um, i never trusted it too much because i didn't want to i didn't want to be on the spikes and have it just like you know timer ran out or something but there's that there's um there's one where you throw anchors that's exactly like throwing axes in uh in castlevania um kind of an upward arc and um, there's a couple bosses that stay above you. And if you just throw those, you can take care of them pretty quickly. Uh, a lot of stuff. So you, everyone's going to have their favorites. I think the phase locket is like easy mode for this game. Yeah. And you can find it really early in the game. It's like not super hidden. So again, this game wants you to succeed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's listen to a bit more music. Then we'll uh, finish out gameplay by talking about the bosses. So at the end of each level in Shovel Knight, you fight one of these Order of No Quarter Knights. And these are kind of reminiscent to me uh, as someone who, like, honestly didn't get to boss fights in a lot of these old 8-bit <laughs> games, but very reminiscent to me of Castlevania and Mega Man style bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, or some of them are kind of one-on-one duels against 
a knight that looks exactly like you. Like there's one, the first one in the first level is like fighting Dark Link in a Zelda game. Yeah. So these are really fun, I think. Great time. Um, so I died exactly once in every boss battle. And then I got it the second time, absolutely no issue. I think a lot of the bosses can be cheesed. I think they're really easy. Um, once you figure out what the pattern is and like when to avoid them, yeah. I think just jumping and like pogoing on them w- with like the down shovel, mm-hmm. it's very easy to cheese all of the bosses doing that. But yeah. um, uh, a lot of that, like they're really well designed. They all look different. They all have like their gimmick. Um, I don't know about you, but my favorite, I forget his name. I I, I think it's Glacier Knight. It, 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 it's the snow one. Uh, polar night polar yeah. night yeah I, yeah I liked him you're close just pick a pick a word related to ice you're almost yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> and like so i liked him and, and if i remember correctly i think shovel knight makes some joke because his weapon is also a shovel but it's like a big yeah. snow shovel yeah it's and really just, good like, <laughs> yeah i just like I, I really liked him i liked his design i like how he just like he's this hulking monstrosity that just shovels snowballs at you just like i, I thought that one was very fun Mm-hmm. They they did a, an awesome job of using the boss attacks and animations to give everyone their own distinct personality. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Plague Knight is a giant spaz, jumping everywhere, throwing bombs everywhere, super unpredictable. Um, king Knight, we talked about how King Knight might think he's a king or something. He has an attack where he blows a, a trumpet and these banners come out and confetti falls from the top of the screen. Um a lot of personality uh what's his name propeller knight is a kind of fencer type mm-hmm. and it fits his personality in the dialogue they're really good you mentioned once you recognize the patterns they're pretty easy and i agree with you um but it's all about recognizing the patterns yeah they they all have let's just say they all have like four to five moves and once you learn those moves it's pretty easy to like maybe not no hit them cause I'm not that good at this game, but like I will whittle down their health and I'll lose like a third of mine yeah. in these fights. They're super fair. Uh, there's only a couple that kind of piss me off because I don't like boss fights with bottomless pits. And that does happen from time to time in this game. But other than that, super fair. I really, really enjoy these. The music is great. Of course, cause all the music in this game is great. Uh, good boss fights. Yeah, um, I, funny enough, the Plague Knight level, I think the mini boss halfway through the get halfway through that level gave me more difficulty than actual Plague Knight. I I don't remember what the mini boss was. I think it was like I think it was like one of the big guys, but I remember like I have it in my notes. It says screw the mini boss. Plague Knight was easier. <laughs> <laughs> there are yeah, there are mini bosses in in here. Some of them are like legit more difficult than the um the real boss some of the mini bosses are like guarding the way through and you have to fight them there's often bottomless pits or other hazards in those rooms uh some of them are pretty tough i'm thinking about the one in propeller knights stage uh, where if you mess up you'll like fall down to a lower part of the level and have to fight your way back up yeah kind of a pain but the uh, the bosses themselves i really enjoyed which is another thing that I cannot say about bosses in a lot of retro games or yeah. bosses in a lot of games in general. <laughs> Boss fights are pretty hit and miss across video games, I feel like. Yeah, uh, 
I never played the Castlevania, so I'm not sure. But I got a lot of retro Mega Man vibes from these bosses. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the Mega Man bosses are just like, it's all something, man. It's like <laughs> Leaf Man and Lumber Man and Fire Man. And mm-hmm. we have we have King Knight and Polar Knight. And one of them is just Black Knight. It's just like, it's, like it, it's very similar to that. Yeah. Black Knight, the uh, the incredible 2004 movie starring Martin Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it was 2004, but I lo- I love that movie a lot. So, gotta shout it out sometimes, whenever I get the chance. So, yeah, we've talked about the music a bunch of times uh, in this game or in this episode. The music is fantastic. Like, if I really sat down and tried to make up like my top ten video game soundtracks, video games were like every single level i'm like this music bops i yes. love this this game would be on that list it is an incredibly fun and catchy uh soundtrack it's really good uh the very first note i have on my list of notes that i took while i was playing was just music slaps it yes. just like <laughs> as soon as it opens up I, I think my favorite song is the music on that very first level yeah strike the earth strike the earth oh it's so good i bought the the album of it online it was it was on Bandcamp and, and I bought mm-hmm. it and I bought a couple years ago like after I bought the Shovel Knight game almost exclusively for Strike the Earth because that that's how that's how good it like I can't tell you the last time I bought music everybody's just like streaming music now but like I like yeah. it enough that I bought this video game soundtrack yeah this might be sacrilegious to say but Strike the Earth is as iconic of a first level music as the first level music in Super Mario Brothers it is incredible uh, mm-hmm. really sets the tone for the game really gives you this like okay we're on the quest it is a it's like a driving motivating catchy yeah. as hell music it's really good um you know I, obviously i haven't cut the music into the episode yet but by this point in the episode you have surely heard it for sure <laughs> <laughs> um another thing i noticed about the music uh when you're in town when you go to buy the meal ticket to get more health or you go to ex- expand your magic Mm-hmm. It is, it's the same song for town, but whether you're like walking around town, you're in the kitchen getting the meal ticket, or you're in the bar underneath, it's the same song, but played with different instruments based on where you are. Like it's like it's louder and it sounds busier when you're in the kitchen because it's played with different instruments because he's like, like it, it, for whatever the reason, it looks like he's, his kitchen is like like a blacksmith's office he's like hammering out like his eggs or whatever so it's like very noisy there uh and like it's the same song but played differently than the rest of the world and like it flows it transitions when you're going screen to screen based on where you are in like that that town area and i thought that was cool Mm -hmm. yeah and we we talk a lot about the um strike the earth the music in the first song or the first level but all throughout the game Every level's music is really good. They they all have they have different tones. They have different types of things that they're doing. Um, I think I'm not a professional musician. I have not uh, learned about music a whole lot. But like, they have some that are a little bit more melancholy. Some that are a little bit like, you know, l- still driving high tempo type stuff, but not like you know the super happy like we're striking out on the quest like Strike yeah. the Earth is. Um, it's really good. Uh, I read that this was one of the things that the developers kind of um, cheated on when replicating what an NES game sounds like. 
they used the um, sound chip that was in the Japanese uh, Famicom, um, but added a few extra channels for this one, uh, for this game. So it sounds, it's one of those things. It sounds like how you remember those game soundtracks sounding like, but it's not exactly like an NES game. Um, So that gives them room to uh, add in different layers of instrumentation or different um, melodies or harmonies. Really awesome. Yeah, just like like it definitely has that like eight bit sound to it, but I I don't I don't know fuller is is the correct term. Yeah, but it's, I, it sounds like yeah. there's there's more there than it. Just like argument's sake, like the same song played on a guitar versus played with like a whole band. Like it's the same song, it, it, it's mm-hmm. the same thing, but it just feels like there's more going on with it because yeah, they had sure. that upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Also, good sound effects in this game. I really appreciate those when you um, when you bust open a breakable wall. Or when you dig through, you know, a big block of uh, of dirt or stone or something, always appreciated those sound effects. Um, little shout out to those too. The other part of this eight bit aesthetic is uh, the way the game looks, which um, this is another place where they kind of half and half. They are pretty faithful, but then they cheat in a few ways uh, that just make the game look better. So they use the same pixel count as an NES game. Uh, same oh. number of pixels used, but they use more colors. And this is undeniably a super colorful game, mm-hmm. way more than a uh, an NES game would have been. They use a couple of techniques with the backgrounds that the NES was not capable of. Uh, so you'll have, you know, animations happening in the background uh, of levels that an NES couldn't do that. Uh, so again, it's one of those things it looks like you remember NES games looking like. Um, yeah, exactly. More colors, more techniques, uh, really, really good. Um, we talked about the animations. Uh, Shovel Knight, a lot of personality through the animations. Um, when you start up a level and Shovel Knight does that hip hip with his shovel, you know, a um, lot of personality there. We talked about the boss animations. All the enemies in the game are really cute looking, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just like, if you're flying through the levels and you don't look, you might not notice, but a lot of them are just are really weird, like electrified frogs and uh, goats with pirate hats on and, and stuff like that. There's a bunch of weird shit going on. No, uh, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And um, so one of my favorite aspects of the visuals, it's okay. So I, I, I've been... It's like 90 minutes, so I haven't been able to watch it in one sitting, but I'm watching on YouTube someone do a breakdown of all of Zack Snyder's movies and, like, Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's, like, visual storytelling, and he's really big on cinematic slow motion. And yes. I, wa- I watched, like, a th- it's like an hour and a half video. I haven't watched all of it, but I watched, like, a 30-minute segment today breaking down how he does slow motion better than anyone else in Hollywood, and I think Shovel Knight does slow motion really well it's it's a fast-paced game it's a platformer and there's not often slow motion but when it hits like oh it lands it's like good slow motion i had written down as just a little touch it's a small decision that they made that really helps these moments stick in your memory is when you land the winning hit on a boss you get this extreme screen shake and slow down the background changes to a solid color um, the boss often drops something funny that goes along with their character. Like King Knight drops his crown, mm-hmm. Propeller Knight drops a rose, um, solid background, slow down. It, it makes that last hit feel super epic. Yeah, v- very much so. Uh, if I remember correctly, 
Uh, when that happens, it is a solid background, but it flashes between a few different colors before landing on like one solid background for for the last one. Mm-hmm. I will give a seizure warning to anyone. If you have a seizure warning, just like be careful playing that last boss. I have like a friend that if he mm. was there, like it would definitely set him off. So that's like, I just wanted to throw that out there because like that's yeah. a, now that I have a friend that has that, I have to like be concerned with it. So just like, if, if anyone's wondering, just like whole game is great. It's colorful. Just, I, I don't know, have someone else like do the final hit if that's an issue. I just want to th- throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, that that's totally true. And they may, um, they may have a, a kind of photosensitivity oh, warning sure. at the beginning of the game. It, it's possible. I feel like most games do now. So mm-hmm. they probably do. Uh, but you're right. You know, that is something that I take for granted uh, because that's not an issue that I have. I don't have to pay a, a ton of attention to it. But yeah, that screen shake, that slowdown really does um, kind of make those victories feel great. Yeah, and very much so. The fact that the bosses all drop something gives them just a little bit more extra flavor for their their character. Yeah, And, and again... That goes back to, like, the visual storytelling we were talking about. There's not a lot of dialogue, but all of these characters, they have, like, personalities and character traits. And, like, it feels like a fleshed-out story because of even the tiny little, like, Rose visual gag. Like, it very much, like, fits with the vibe and, like, helps expand the story. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, way at the top of the show, you mentioned the um, environmental storytelling in the Mm -hmm. levels themselves. Um, there's a lot of care put into how these rooms look. It's not like, you know, they're in Mole Knight's level, you're going through a mine with lava in it, which is like a requirement for every video game, yeah. every platformer to have a level like that. Uh, but there's a little bit more um, care put into the design of it. And the enemy designs are really cool too. They're, they don't reuse the same enemies throughout every single level. Um, every level, I would say, has three or four main types of enemies. They're all pretty unique to that level. Uh, they all have their own unique kind of mechanics. Um, yeah, just a lot of attention paid here. Uh, so now that you say that, it reminded me, while we're talking about visuals, uh, so, you know, like in Zelda, when there's like a crack on the wall, you can place a bomb and like it opens up a secret passage. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple different like secret passages you can take where if you hit the wall with, with your shovel, it opens up and you'll get like a more expensive jewel or you'll get like a health bonus. And one thing I noticed, the distinction on the wall saying, hey, there's a secret passage, come hit me. It's different for every level. So like it blends in and like it fits like the vibe or that or the aesthetic of that level. Yeah. And I I thought that was a nice touch. While also you're right, um, because the levels are using different tile designs, Mm -hmm. but that kind of key, that thing that says, hey, hit this wall with your shovel, there might be something in here. That is always the same, but with the kind of blended into what the walls look like in yeah. this particular level versus the other level. Um, so you always know like that visual language that says mm-hmm. hidden wall, hit this just like in Zelda. Yeah, exactly. I just, I like that they blended it in. So like, yeah, it says hidden wall, but like, I know one has a bug and like one might have like a picture of a flame on it. It's like very obvious, like, oh, I got to smack that. It just, I like that they changed the flavor to to make it vibe with everything else. Yeah, yeah, totally. So let's uh, get into some kind of final thoughts here before we get into talking spoilers for Shovel Knight, kind of shop talk and a couple spoilers. But um, Mikey, I always kind of round out the non-spoiler part by asking, who would you recommend Shovel Knight to? 
gut reaction, everybody. But um, <laughs> it's a, it's a really fucking good game. It um, is. But um, I I would give this to anybody who likes old school platformers. Uh, anybody who wanted to like old school platformers but couldn't get into them because they're too unforgiving or like you didn't grow up with it and you don't like the old uh like the nes aesthetic um anybody who likes music and uh, anybody who likes shovels definitely for you absolutely yeah can't leave out the shovel <laughs> shovel uh shovel holics shovel shovel of files yeah yeah can't leave them out i i'm with you this is this is a, I don't know, like, I just have a feeling that if you like video games, if you grew up playing Mario, which most people, I, I would guess, like, played a Mario game in their childhood, mm-hmm. even if they were like me and didn't own those games, I played them over at friends' houses and stuff. If you have nostalgia for, like, this era of video games, definitely try this. Like, you, you couldn't have said it better. If you, like if you want to like these games, but they're too unforgiving, uh, like the NES 8-bit games, like me, that's me. I yeah. want to like Zelda 2. I want to like the old Mega Man games, but I don't because uh, they're too hard. I don't have fun. I had a ton of fun playing Shovel Knight. This game's incredible. And so it really does land on that list of games where it's like, do you like video games? Like pretty damn good chance you're going to like Shovel Knight. Just yeah. Simple question right there. And then, yeah, again, if you appreciate good video game music, mm-hmm. gotta play this. Get on YouTube right now, find the soundtrack, listen to it. If you didn't want to play it before, you might want to play it after listening to the music. So uh, pretty easy recommendation for Shovel Knight. So little housekeeping before spoiler time. Um, we always uh, want to open it up to the guest to let people know uh, where they can find you, different projects you have going on. Uh, where are you in internet space? So, Mikey. Um. So, despite my podcast not be, it's it's on hiatus right now. Despite that, I'm on Twitter all the time because I have no life. Uh, so you can go <laughs> ahead and follow the podcast at BDE Pod. You can get me there if you want to talk to me specifically. You can find me at Mikey Tabletop. Um. I was about to say, like, one was mostly podcasts, one was, like, mostly video games and music, but I forget to, like, swap accounts, so a lot of times there's crossover. Just it, hit me up at either of them. Just, like, <laughs> it, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, but, yeah, just, like, so even though we're on a little bit of a hiatus, by the time this episode comes out, I'm hoping to have a couple more episodes on my feed out, uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. And even if you don't like energy drinks, I'm sure there's something on on the BDE page that you can find that you'll enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I haven't had an energy drink since I was in college, like 15 <laughs> years ago. But uh, there is something for me there. And I think there will be for you too, listener. So check that out. And for Tales from the Backlog, same things that I always say, but it bears repeating that if you would like to talk about video games, perhaps talk about Shovel Knight, um, come in the Discord server and talk with us and tell me why I should play the other Shovel Knight campaigns, the Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and King Knight. Tell me why you like them, because I'm looking for a reason to replay them, give them another try. You might be the reason, listener. So please join the Discord server. We're having a good time in there. You'll find an invite link. Um, Other things, if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a rating and review on your platform of choice. Uh, Donating on Patreon is a good way to support the show. Uh, All of that goes into... um, I don't know where I was going with that. 
Why? This is the hardest part of the show for me is to do these things. I can talk about the games. No problem. I cannot plug my shit. I I will say when the podcast (laughs) first started, it took us to episode 13 to get our plugs right. We would either like give like the wrong Twitter handle or just like forget to do it or just like, just like it's fine. Um, But I'm just going to go ahead and say, go ahead, subscribe to the Patreon, give him money. Just like, <laughs> like, what else are you doing with it? You're going to go buy a cup of coffee? You're going to buy five Arizonas for it? No, drop it on the Patreon. <laughs> Appreciate that, Mikey. Yeah. yeah um, all the uh, the Patreon funds go directly back into the show, uh, whether that's buying games for the show, buying equipment, uh, paying for all of the fees that no one tells you you're going to pay when you start a podcast. Um, well, things you maybe don't have to pay for, but uh, I like to... Uh, pay for my hosting, for example. I don't like those free sites. So uh, Patreon funds go toward that. I would appreciate it very much. You would be my hero. I also have another podcast called A Top 3 Podcast, where each episode is a top three list. Um, I think that one's a good time. So check that out if you want to hear me talk about literally anything other than video games. So Mikey and I are going to take a break. When we come back, it's spoiler time for Shovel Knight. Right, Mikey and I are back, and it's time for the spoiler section for Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope. So, um, quick kind of easy thing. We kind of talked about this, but we can get into a little bit more detail now. Um, did you have any favorite levels uh, in the game? As easy as it may be, I'm going to go with the first level. I think, <laughs> I, I think the first level just like does everything so well. Like, not only does it have the best song, but it introduces you to the mechanic, introduces you to the game, shows, like, it's just, I, I'd argue that's, like, Shovel Knight at its purest. There's a whole bunch of secret levels, and there's, like, replayabilities, because at later levels, when you get, like, items that you didn't have, you can go back and, like, find more hidden places. It's just, like, it's very well done. It sets yeah. the stage, and, like, like I, I'll go back and, like, replay that first level if I need, like, more money or something, if I want to, like, buy a suit of armor. So, like, mm-hmm. I've definitely played that level more than all the other ones. So, I, I think the first level is my favorite. I mean, it it gets all this praise, and it's completely deserved. It's it's an excellent level. It's um, the first level of Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World. All the Mario games do a really good job of yeah. teaching you how to play them uh, without, well, most of them, without talking to you and telling you how. They just show you. Um, same with Mega Man X. I didn't have a ton of fun playing Mega Man X, but the first level teaches you everything you need to know about playing, um, except for the dash, because you get that later. But you get the point. This is right up there. It's it's a it's just an excellent level. It's fun. Uh it like it's not like they're teaching you how to play the game, but it's not fun. Like um a lot of like modern AAA games will have tutorials that are not that fun because they're trying to teach you so much shit. Mm-hmm. And in this game, they only have two or three things to teach you, and it's it's fun to figure those out and go through that level. It's got the uh, the sleepy dragon in it, your first kind of boss yeah. fight that you fight, and then you fight Black Knight at the end, and he's one of my favorite boss fights. Um, so, yeah, I like that level a lot. I like um, uh, the uh, 
I like Plague Knight's level. That's a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called the Lich Yard. Uh, it has the mechanics of going dark from time to time. A uh, kind of little memory test. Oh, um, that is a uh, Specter Knights. Oh, is that Specter Knights? Okay. Yeah, I, I think Plague Knights is like. Oh, it's like the laboratory. Yeah, it has a whole bunch of like ooze vats. It, it, it was giving me a lot of. There's a level in Sonic the Hedgehog where it's just like nighttime. I think they're in a casino. There's a bunch of flashing lights. It gave me it gave me a lot of vibes of that. But I think the Specter Knight one is really good. I, I played that level on Halloween. I'm like, oh, this is so fitting. It's a good Halloween level. Yeah, yeah it, it's also got the. Uh, mechanic of the platforms where you have to manage the weight on them yes of like how many enemies are standing on it or if you're standing on it i thought that was really fun again tutorialized down yeah yeah tutorialized really well it's a good level those are some standouts i like um propeller knight's stage a lot it's just really hard yeah i think the platforming is is interesting and a good challenge it's just hard it's really hard you know which one i found really hard and it probably shouldn't have been one of the bonus stages where it's just like there's no boss you just collect you just collect um emeralds or or rubies or whatever the one after you get the the dust gauntlet and you just have to it's just like four screens of just breaking through dust yeah boxes (laughs) i died so many times in that level (laughs) I lost more money than I earned, but I'm too stubborn to to like cut my losses and leave. I'm yeah. like, I, I have to finish it. So like, it literally was a waste of my time. It wasn't worth it. But like, yeah. I beat it. Just like it, it took me nine times to do it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, I'm laughing because it's exactly my experience too. It's it's like I probably died in that level more than I died in any of the real levels. Yeah, it's it's really hard. Um, yeah. Um, so kind of along those lines, did you have any boss fights that? like really stand out to you um so like i, I talked about this earlier i i, I really liked the, the polar night stage I, th- I thought that one was fun um i think a lot of the bosses like like i said once you figure out the patterns you can get it um i played the mole knight one today and like that one was more fun than i remembered it because i like the fact that he zips across the stage and like yeah. you can either like avoid it or like you can time it to like attack him before he comes out and I also, I don't, I don't think this is cheating, but because he's a mole, at one point he buries underground and then there's four mounds that pop up. One's Mm -hmm. him and then like three are enemies or like lava geysers. I paused it and you can see his little visor sticking out the bottom. So I knew which one was him. So, Mm -hmm. so I would then unpause it and like not waste my time and go get him. Oh, you can see, um, even if you don't pause it, you can see which one is him. Um, but when he jumps out, he's covered in lava. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, I, I have Mole Knight as one of my favorites too. And it's because that move, like you said, where he comes out of the wall and shoots across the screen yeah. horizontally is so fun to time that and bounce on his head as yeah, exactly. he does that every single time. I love it. I can't get enough. <laughs> um, another one I really like is Specter Knight. It's one of the early bosses. So I think it's one of the easiest ones, but I just had a really good time learning the patterns. And this is one that like, he doesn't touch, he doesn't touch me anymore. It's, it's a very easy fight, but I learned, I learned it myself. And it's a great feeling when it's like, you know, this boss is easy. Yes, but it's easy because I mastered this. Yeah, exactly. It's a great feeling. Any others for you that you think stand out? 
Um, I, be- I believe it's Tinker Knight. I think that's the only one that has two stages, right? Like you yeah. beat Tinker Knight <laughs> and it's super easy. And then he runs and he comes back out of this big mech. And then like, that's the yeah. actual boss fight. And yeah. I-, I think that's the only one where like you beat him and then like, oh, look out, there's phase two. And I, I-, mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice touch. It- it- yeah. And it's really funny how when you fight him in phase one, he's he's helpless. He's just like randomly throwing wrenches around. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just like this tiny dude. He's so easy. And then, yeah, he brings out this, um, I wrote down, it looks like a Mega Man enemy, like yeah. those kind of tank mech things. He brings that out and then you have to fight it. Um, yeah, that one's a really fun one. The other one, I, I think I already said Black Knight. Mm-hmm. I like fighting against him because he fights like you do. And so you know that you do downward thrusting attacks. So you know he will too. And for the most part, until the end, like when you're doing like the evil version before the Enchantress. Yeah. Um, when he gets kind of crazy, but I enjoy Black Knight. Um, any bosses you, that you didn't like? I'm going to go back and say that mini boss for, for, for Plague Knight uh, gave yeah. me an issue. <laughs> I, the, 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 I don't know what it was, but the mini boss was like way more difficult. Um, but of actual bosses, I remember... So I didn't have that much difficulty this time because this was my third playthrough. But I remember the very first time I did it, the um, the submarine knight, the, the the guy with like the scuba mask. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he's anchor knight, if he's sub knight. I, I don't know who he is. But like I remember he gave me a lot of issues the very first time I, I played through the game. Mm. Yeah, I that one is just not super memorable. I remember what his fights like because you fight him in the boss rush at the end. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, I okay. So the only bosses that I think I don't really like are the ones that make instant death pits in the floor. Oh so yeah, Polar Knight has spikes that he makes, and I don't appreciate that. Um, Propeller Knight and the Enchantress both make instant death pits in the arena, and Polar or Propeller Knight especially is kind of annoying because he'll try and blow you into those. Yeah, definitely um, doing like a fan thing. Uh, but Propeller Knight's funny and Enchantress is the last boss. So I'm not like super mad. It's just I consistently across any game don't like it when boss fights have instant death stuff in them. Uh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. But now that you say across any game and we talk about yeah. Submarine Knight, I think this probably has my favorite underwater level of any game. Mm. Um, I've, I was playing... I was I was playing like some modern game that came out like in the last five years, and I'm I'm trying to swim underwater. I'm like, how the fuck has no one figured out how water mechanics work yet? And it's <laughs> and I thought, and I thought no one has ever done a well designed water level. And then Shovel Knight, it's really good. It's not like it Mario is. where you have to like manage like floating in the water. Just yeah. it affects your jumps and like you don't have to worry about running out of air. And I right. think it's like probably the best water level that I've ever played. It's yeah, it's it's very um, low friction for sure. You don't yeah. have to swim. You don't have to manage oxygen. You're just you jump higher uh, because you're underwater. That's that's really it. Um, I agree. I, I I don't often have fun in those Mario levels where you have to swim, and I don't often um, have fun in other games where you have to like find oxygen bubbles and shit when you're underwater. I think the messenger did that, and I wasn't a a big fan. But this one, good times. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, bosses, mostly good couple that have annoying mechanics, Mm. but even if they have an annoying mechanic, I think the bosses are fun. Uh, so 
I don't have a whole lot to say about like the game leading up to the final area, like the tower. Um, one thing I think is funny is you find a second town uh, as you go through the map and um, there's a catapult on there that you can use to catapult yourself back to the first town. And it doesn't really save you much time because running on the uh, overworld map is really fast, but it's very funny to be like, they have this catapult system that will shoot yeah. things from one town to the other, <laughs> including people. And just, I, I think you get the catapult like halfway through the game. And like you said, it doesn't take a lot of time because when you're on that overworld map, it's at most, I think eight right arrow buttons to, to get to where you need to go. Like the map yeah. is only so big that you have to go down to town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, just, just something funny uh, that they threw in there again, nice sense of humor. Indie games that try to be funny are often like too try hard to be yeah. funny, I think. And this game's not, it's just like a, a very nice kind of laid back sense of humor. Um, yeah. So, uh, the tower, um, not going to like go level by level. The tower is a nice, uh, final exam kind of, they bring back enemies and platforming mechanics and hazards from all of the other stages. Um, as you make your way kind of like Mega Man X through the levels leading up to the final boss fight. Uh, so actually it is, it is straight up the end sequence of Mega Man X. <laughs> you go through a couple of levels, you do a boss rush and then you fight the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I never played Mega Man X. I've only played the original, like the, the NES, uh, Mega Man games. Yeah. But, um, you're right. I liked how this, you spend the whole game learning this in this stage, that in that stage. And then it kind of comes all like, like, like it comes together like, cool. Th this is like a whole game in like one level. I like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, final levels of games don't have to be a final exam of all the mechanics that you've learned and all the hazards. This one is though, but they pull it off really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I guess cause this game is hard. You're going to die many, many times. Uh, so you become really, really familiar with a lot of these hazards. Um, so when they pop up in the last level, it's like, Oh, I, I remember this. I, I mastered this. I had to master this to get through that level. So I'm good now. I can do this again. Easy, easy peasy. There is a boss rush uh, at the end before you go to the last level. Uh, this is straight up out of a Mega Man uh, game. It's funny you drop down and all of the Knights of No or yeah the the Order of No Quarter Knights mm -hmm. are just eating dinner. They're just yeah they're, out. Just, they're sitting <laughs> at the table. <laughs> they just get mad at you for interrupting their dinner, and so they go on this like one by one you know action movie style. Right, we're all gonna fight you one at a time. And so they come at you and you have a boss rush. You have to beat all of the bosses uh, without dying. Though in saying that this is as friendly as they could have made this. Mm -hmm. uh, it could have been super hard. It could have been super annoying. They were like, nope, we're going to let you heal between every battle. We're going to refill your magic. I think it's every three fights you refill your magic. Super friendly. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. I, I'm normally not a fan of boss rushes just because like, I've already beaten you once. I don't want to have to beat yeah. you and, and your homies again. But like, I, I didn't feel too burdened or like put out by this one. I'm like, okay, it, it makes sense. I did crash their dinner party. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I get. I yeah. mean, <laughs> someone comes to my house and interrupts dinner with me and my friends. We're going to fight you one at a time. That's how this goes. 
If anything, I'm now the villain of the story. I break into your house and ruin your meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in this boss rush, uh, you you fight them in a uh, kind of random order, I think. Um, I believe it's random. And uh, after you beat them all, um, the floor kind of falls out from under them and they all fall down and they all grab onto each other in like a, a human chain type of thing. And um, it's in the order that you beat the bosses, which is kind of cool. Um, and you as Shovel Knight have a choice to uh, use your shovel to help them all up um, or you can leave and let them die, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and you fight Black Knight again. Black Knight's not part of the final boss rush. Um, it's before that. And Black Knight gets these crazy enchantress powers. And that's actually one of the more difficult fights um, in the yeah. game, I think. And like, you fight Black Knight a couple times uh, leading up to that. He'll just randomly be on the on the map, his little icon walking around. And every time you fight him, he has like, a new, like he gets progressively more difficult. Like he mm-hmm. has a new attack where like he'll launch stuff at you or like he'll reflect attacks back at you now. And I, I like that progression like leading up to this. Yeah. You reminded me there are also some kind of traveling bosses. There's uh, that, four of them. Yeah. Um, those are fun. Uh, I they're yeah. they're random, they're not bosses, they're not, you know, the knights, they're just kind of like other adventurers. Um, and they're really inventive and fun boss fights. And like I like them because I don't have to go through like a whole mini level to get to them. Like you yeah. just walk up and like one of them wants to be in the order of no quarter the other one mistakes me for black knight because it's the same figure just i'm blue and not black uh you know and just like i i don't know if they come up like later on like in other games if there's more to the story of them or if they're just like randos you run into also on adventures but there's four of them i forget the name of like their group but but, uh, i pretty much enjoyed all of them i think yeah yeah same So uh, getting into the Enchantress uh, fight. So you get to um, the end. You fall down this long thing. You have a couple of platforming things, um, including one uh, where you have to like inch along because the platforms will come up from the bottom and kind of fill in as you move across the screen. Um, And then you fight the Enchantress. Uh, In phase one, um, she destroys the floor and shoots magic bolts at you, but you can hit them back at her like in Zelda. Uh, that's mm-hmm. fun. I appreciate games that let me do that. Um, and then you beat her and you get the first like plot surprise of the game, uh, which is that Shield Knight was... You just fought Shield Knight in a different yeah. form. Now, I'm not super clear on if Shield Knight is the Enchantress because then you fight the Enchantress later or if it's just that like... Shield Knight got corrupted by the Enchantress's evil, and then after you beat that, you fight the real Enchantress for phase two. I think it's the latter. I think Enchantress essentially like that like the evil magic of Enchantress or or just whatever the, the magic 
like the evil magic essentially possessed Shield Knight and transformed her into Enchantress. And mm-hmm. I, I like at least that that's how I took it. Where I think like I'm assuming it's like some sort of primordial evil, just like it's still there. It just like the Enchantress figure was Shield Knight transformed. Yeah. So um once you beat this, Shield Knight falls down. Uh you go catch Shield Knight just like the um the dreams that Shovel Knight was having, except this now it's real. And this is a nice little like subversion of what you thought was gonna happen, I think. Like this is a subversion of what I thought. Um, do you remember when you were playing this, did you think that this was going to be like a damsel in distress type of story? Like you're, you're saving the princess basically. Uh, Cause they kind of set it up that way with yeah. the dreams where she's falling and it's like, save her, you know? I, yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be similar to like the first Zelda. We're just like, Oh, the it, it's very classic. Just like, like European fantasy where it's like damsel in distress. I'm the knight and I'm the literal knight in shining armor. I have to yeah. go rescue her type deal, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's not like that uh, really. So in the second phase of the fight, uh, you fight, I guess uh, what would be the enchantress's true form or like the physical version of this evil force, this corrupting mm-hmm. force. Right. Um, and you cannot beat this without shield knight. Can't do it. Um, and I really like how this sets her up as, not only capable, she can handle herself, but also you have to use her. You have to be a good team in order yeah. to beat um, this last thing. So two ways uh, that you do that. The Enchantress has a uh, kind of rapid fire attack uh, that you cannot avoid. The only way to stay safe is get behind Shield Knight's shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool. And then the other thing is she puts her shield up as a platform to bounce on. So you can get up high and um, hit the Enchantress and actually do damage. And this fight takes quite a while because you can't touch the Enchantress unless you bounce up with Shield Knight. You just kind of have to wait for that to happen. Yeah. Um, But I like how for a game that like, you know, they're doing a lot of like subtle storytelling. Now they're doing some like storytelling that is like mixed in with the gameplay. The teamwork between them is like on display here. and. I don't love this fight as like a boss fight, but this kind of teamwork element is what uh, makes it cool. I think. Yeah. Just like the, the fight, like you said, it's like slow. You have to wait for them to be in position for you to attack them. But I do think the culmination of me spending all game trying to rescue shield Knight to then like team up and work with shield Knight, I, I like that payoff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Um, and again, it's, it's just a nice kind of, I mean, her name is Shield Knight, so maybe I should have seen it coming that she's not <laughs> this, you know, Princess Peach helpless yeah. uh, princess. But um, I guess maybe it's just conditioning because, like you said, that is the way that our traditional fantasy stories work. Um, you're the knight and you're going off to save uh, the the woman who, you know, needs your help. She obviously needed your help because she was corrupted and stuff. But once you free her, she's like, nope, let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, little kind of just ending to the story here. Uh, the Enchantress lets out this one final attack. The attack knocks Shovel Knight down and kind of injures him. Black Knight shows up um, because it, it's kind of become clear through here that you're fighting Black Knight a bunch, but he's not hes not evil. He's just kind of in your way. Um, yeah. Black Knight also wants to save Shield Knight, but is trying to do it a different way. Black Knight's way is just not working. 
So uh, Black Knight arrives. Shield Knight stays behind to block this ultimate attack and tells Black Knight to get Shovel Knight to safety. And that kind of um, is how the game ends, so you think. Uh, So um, we get a little resolution uh, to that. Black Knight drags Shovel Knight to a campfire. And it's one of those, like, he just, like, fucking leaves him there. He's like, (laughs) I told her that I would bring you here. That's all you're getting. Like, if you die here in 15 minutes, that's not my problem. I brought you here. (laughs) And then we get the credits. Uh, There's some fun stuff in the credits if you pay attention. It's kind of like a Zelda, like, look around the world at, like, everybody celebrating or, like, everyone's lives now that you've defeated uh, the Enchantress. So uh, some things I wrote down here, um, you you flash to each of the levels in each of the Order of No Quarter Knights and kind of see what they're up to. Um, king Knight is not a king. The real king is sitting on the throne and King Knight is uh, scrubbing the floor, which is cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> Spectre Knight is having a party with all the monsters in the Lich Yard. And it, I think it even says like, Specter Knight, life of the party. And there's just like some skeletons <laughs> dancing. <laughs> it's real good. Uh, it's super cute. Yeah. Um, Plague Knight is researching new bombs, of course. And uh, yeah, we get a couple other them. Um, Propeller Knight was always uh, portrayed as this like upper class, like French type um, kind of those mannerisms. So Propeller yeah. Knight's living high society life. Tinker Knight's making toys for the children. So he's one of Santa's little helpers now or something. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, Black Knight dumps you at the campfire. Um, You think that Shield Knight is dead, but uh, she limps back to the campfire um, and joins Shovel Knight. So it's a nice little happy ending. Uh, Yeah, I love I've said on the show lots of times. I love it when games have like sad endings that I don't like the ending I don't want happens and that I, I like that in a lot yeah. of games, but I like the happy ending. This is a, this is a fairy tale, you know? Yeah. I I feel like I would be disappointed with the sad ending just because like the game leading up until this point, isn't, isn't necessarily like a sad game. Okay. No. So, so, <laughs> so leading up to this, the game I was in the middle of was the last of us. I was playing that for the, for the first time yeah. and I stopped to replay a uh, shovel name. I, I, don't tell me what happens because I don't know. I'm only about like th- two hours into it. But argument's sake, okay. if The Last of Us ends up with the sad ending, that makes sense. It's a post-apocalyptic world. It If it's sad, yeah, that works because the world is fucked. Shovel yeah. Knight's like a fun adventure story. If that ended up sad, I would be disappointed. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is um, like there is evil that's corrupting the land. Uh, your your partner as a knight has been captured. Um these are sad things that are happening, but the tone of this game is very fun. Um, the whole time, all the music, there's no like sad songs in this game, you know? So it, it's definitely fitting that, uh, it's not like, Oh, shield Knight died. Whoops. Um, no, she, <laughs> she's okay. She's back. Um, and so you have a happy ending and yeah, really good. Good game. Yeah. Very good video game. Yeah, I, I think very good video game is how I describe it. It's better. It's better than good. Um, I don't know if I would go perfect, but definitely very good. Yeah, uh, perfect is a pretty heavy word to throw around, especially if you, you know, if you're in your head, if you're like thinking about, you know, what does a game need to do to be perfect? Then it's a really heavy word to throw around. But yeah. this is an excellent video game. 
this this spoiler section just kind of you know run through our favorite things in the story talk about the ending but the joy in it is like every level teaching you how to play it without you know having a a fairy like in zelda you know say like oh did you try climbing that yeah you know (laughs) um showing you how to do it without telling you and then increasing the complexity letting you play around um i didn't really mention it but exploring in this game is super rewarding you always find something when you go poking around um really appreciate that yeah good ass game good ass game (laughs) game so uh anything else about shovel knight you want to dig into before we uh Um, before we say goodbye here I, i i don't think so um no, we, we pretty much talked about everything. Music clap, dream sequence, cool. Uh, that you already mentioned the, the weight on the spooky level. Oh, I, I will say I was playing one of the levels. I forget which one it, it was. Maybe, maybe it was Plague Knight, where just like at one point you fight like an ooze copy of yourself. It's like a little mm. green oozy version of yourself. And I, I'm just trying to avoid them. But because it's ooze, like, it drops from the ceiling and, like, forms into a Shovel Knight, it fell blade down, like the attack (laughs) that I do, and didn't hit me, but it hit the dust platform I was on, and we both fell, and I was (laughs) furious, because he didn't kill me, he, he, like, accidentally killed himself and took me with him, and I was so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would, uh... That sounds like that would piss me off too. But um, <laughs> luckily the game is pretty generous with how many checkpoints you get and yeah. stuff. And it's like, man, if it just think about if that happened in an arcade game or, uh, you know, a game that has game overs and continue mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And you have to start from the beginning or write down a fucking password or something yeah. like that. Um, that would really piss me off. But yeah, with, with the amount of things that this game is super nice about, it's really hard to hold stuff like that against it. Like I complained in Mega Man X, uh, the episode about how many times like an enemy will just randomly appear. Like I'm in the middle of a jump and there's like a trigger that when I jump over this platform, an enemy will fly out from the side of the screen Mm. and hit me and knock me down and kill me. And I got so fucking mad playing Mega Man. And like that happens sometimes in Shovel Knight, but not, not nearly as often, um, not enough to get like super mad all the time about it, you know? Um, I Not all the time, but I will say, I, I think it was the Plague Knight level. At one point, I said, fuck this game so much, I take back all my praise for it. <laughs> I think you texted me that. Yeah, I, yeah I texted you that. Um, Plague Knight's level is making me hate this game. Uh, so yeah. I, I think that's the only time. There's something about platformers that makes me like more frustrated than like playing other games like yeah argument's sake like if i die in the last of us like okay i i got shot i got bit by a zombie whatever but there's just something about platforming that is like mm, i should have jumped a pixel later or i should have watched out there's just something about that just like makes me want to throw a controller for that genre only <laughs> yeah i i think it's like you know if I'm playing, uh, if I'm playing Dark Souls or Bloodborne, and I die a bunch because a boss is really hard, like I'll get frustrated. But you're right. In platformers, there's this. You may like because you'll like look at the screen in a platformer, and you're like, I need to jump on this and bounce on that, and then jump on that and go. And it's like seems so simple, 
But yeah. if I die like three times trying it, I'll be like, what the fuck? Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I hate this. Um, <laughs> happened to me sometimes in Shovel Knight. Again, this game's hard, but like, luckily, there's no game over and stuff like that. All those, you know, generosities uh, really help. So if this, <laughs> if this game were as hard without those, you know, uh, little gifts that the game is giving, th- like, maybe I wouldn't have finished it. Maybe I wouldn't have played yeah. it almost three <laughs> complete times, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think this has become like, like I told that story about being on the plane and just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to play. I got to play something because this plane rides 13 hours long. I already listened to uh, BDE with Ryan talking <laughs> about Ryan's kids stealing shit. Um, <laughs> so uh, I got I got to find a game to play. You know what? I'm just going to play Shovel Knight. Like it's one of those games. It's mm-hmm. kind of a comfort food at this point. Yeah, it's really easy to pick up and go. Uh, levels take 15, maybe 25 minutes. So like if you have a... If you don't have a lot of time to kill and you just want to, like, play for a couple minutes, you can. It's not like opening up Zelda and, like, oh, I'm in the middle of the dungeon. I have to do X, Y, and Z or I'm not going to, like, get out. This is very right. easy. Like, I have 15 minutes before I have to go get my laundry. Boop, boop, boop. I beat the first level again, you know? Yep. And um, another thing is, like, when you beat the game, it doesn't force you to start a new file. You can just pick up your old file and then... Go play the levels again, fight the bosses again. You can do it as many times as you mm-hmm. want. That's what I did this time uh, with all of your power-ups, all of your health upgrades and stuff. So it's even easier that way. And so it it is like, it's a really nice, like like you said, I have 15 minutes to play. Mm-hmm. I can go play Spectre Knight's level, can see the skeletons yeah. and uh, have a good time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, Mikey, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's, um, we wait, I waited too long to invite you on the show. (laughs) I finally got it, got it done. Uh, lived up to everything I hoped it would be. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Uh, I feel like you and I have been like running like in the same circles. Just like, like we know all the same podcasters, but just like, like I said earlier, just like energy drinks, isn't a super inviting thing to have people come onto my show about. (laughs) So that's, I'm trying to branch into the video game sphere. So like, I appreciate you inviting me on. No, of course, man. I mean, like, like we talk regularly in all the yeah. Discord servers and stuff. It just, you know, took took me a while to uh, to invite you on the show. So I apologize for that. Uh, but glad we finally got it ha- got it to uh, to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I-, I had a great time. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So everybody listening, uh, we appreciate you very much. Thank you, and tune in next week for the next game that comes out of the backlog. <laughs>